Whether you operate one forklift or thousands, one location or hundreds, the new My Toyota customer portal can help you optimize your operation and material handling equipment. This one-stop, free-to-use platform is designed to help you take control of your information and make smarter decisions, all at the touch of a button. Register and access your data today at my.toyotaforklift.com. That's my.toyotaforklift.com. The New Warehouse Podcast, hosted by Kevin Lawton, is your source for insights and ideas from the distribution, transportation, and logistics industry. A new episode every Monday morning brings you the latest from industry experts and thought leaders. And now, here's Kevin. Hey guys, it's Kevin Lawton with the New Warehouse Podcast, and I am at the TerraCycle headquarters today. I am interviewing CEO and founder of TerraCycle, Tom Zaki. Uh, he's also author of Future of Packaging, From Linear to Circular. We're going to talk to him about TerraCycle a little bit, an overview of that, and then he's going to dive into his book a little bit, and we're going to talk about packaging and uh, how it's going to be in the future for the supply chain and logistics uh, for us kind of guys. So, Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for talking to us today. Thanks for having me. Definitely. So, why don't you tell us a little bit, I guess, about your story and TerraCycle. Sure. I know you started with some worm poop, yeah, I think, ab- right? absolutely. So, um, you know, TerraCycle started always as a mission-driven business uh, okay. with a purpose to eliminate the idea of waste. We mm-hmm. don't want to manage it, in the waste management sector. I still have a problem with that word, you know, because that's about managing. Okay. It would really need to be eliminating problems, not yeah. managing problems. Definitely. Imagine if it was like, you know, the, a company that managed poverty, you know, versus eliminate it, right? You know, it's sort of a weird yeah, thing, yeah. this idea of waste management. Like anyway. Just tolerating it. Right, right yeah. it is, yeah. a little bit, yeah. right? So... We have a TerraCycle. The way we began, actually, was mm. uh, making products out of waste. And our first was liquid warm poop in a used soda bottle. And we sold that at you know, Walmart, Home Depot, all yes. these you know, yeah. great retailers. Um, but we pivoted away from that after about our first five years because we realized that while we were able to build you know, within five years about a $6 million enterprise, which is not bad, mm-hmm. um, the product was the hero, which means we picked the very best type of waste to make the product, which means we weren't picking other types of waste. Mm-hmm. And so we pivoted uh, to make the waste the hero, which is where we are today. And now we're 16 years in, and we've grown every year ever since. I don't think we've had a year. Or we have not empirically had a down year yet. Uh, not on wood, right? Yeah. yeah. And this year should be no different. So the, we have five major pillars that make up the TerraCycle uh, sort of group, if you will. The first okay. pillar asks the question, is that object could be B2B, B2C, could be like personal protective equipment at a, mm-hmm. at a distribution center, yeah. could be packaging from a consumer's home, could be a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that recyclable? And if the answer is no, then we make it nationally recyclable. And the way that works mm-hmm. is that what makes something recyclable or not recyclable is not the technical ability to recycle it. In fact, almost everything is technically recyclable. Yeah. What makes it re- practically recyclable is if it's profitable to do so. Like, so if you, if you work at a DC, mm-hmm. right, you can sell your corrugate. Yeah. You can sell your stretch wrap. Yes, yeah. But there's many things you can't sell. Yeah. We focus on the ones that you can't sell, which are technically the ones that are, or, you know, those are the ones that are practically not recyclable. Now, the way we solve it is we do need extra money. It's going to be more expensive than to dispose. And yeah. then we figure out how does that drive value for whoever's going to fund the bill. So a good example on that is, uh, say we work with Kimberly Clark on personal protective equipment recycling, okay. and they may give the distribution center or the warehouse um, 
that service for free in exchange for ordering Kimberly Clark personal protective equipment instead of say 3M. You know? got it, got so that's it. an example of how to create cool. value. Win-win situation. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, the idea is how do you extract value in other areas of the supply chain, not just the material. Okay. Our second division is focused on. How do you integrate waste back into products? A very famous example is we run one of the world's largest supply chains on ocean plastic, where we take ocean plastic Mm -hmm. and put it into the Head and Shoulders bottle, or the Herbal Essence bottle, or the Red Clean Skincare by Unilever bottle. You know, and there, that's a more expensive plastic uh, with less capability. But again, we're able to get that done because we get value in other ways. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Head & Shoulders, when they put ocean plastic into their shampoo bottle, can take advertising dollars down because it gets so much just love from the media, from people, yeah. and that helps balance the equation. Yeah, it's good for a brand, yeah. Exactly. Our third division is Loop, which is something we just announced at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Yes. Uh, about I'm hundred. about Yeah, it's, yes. a, it's a fun one. And this one asks the question... What's the root cause of waste? Because mm-hmm. recycling is dealing with the symptom of waste. Academically, yeah. you have to have the word waste to exist to have the word recycling exist. Mm, interesting. Recycling is dependent yeah, yeah. on the word waste, which is, yeah. means it's not the foundational answer. It's, a, it's the, it's the um, answer to the symptom of waste, but not to the cause. Got it, yeah. So what's the cause? I would argue disposability or using something once is the cause. Mm. And so the question then is, what are the benefits of disposability? Right? Why did it win? And that's because it's affordable and convenient. But the strange thing about disposability is in, like, the milkman model on milk, yeah. the package was owned by the dairy. And so they were motivated to make it long-lasting and durable. Because uh, they were invested in it. Exactly. Like an asset that yeah. you want to, you know, uh, depreciate over the longest possible run. Yes, yeah. In, the, in a current disposable milk package, we own it, the consumer, but do we really want to? No, we want, we want to, what's inside. That's right. Yeah. So why should we own it? Because when we own it, it becomes a cost of goods sold to the manufacturer, and their goal is to reduce costs, which actually make the packaging less recyclable and less delightful. Yes, yeah. So Loop basically says, let's challenge that. Let's shift ownership of the package back to the manufacturer Mm -hmm. so that they're motivated to make it long-lasting and durable, which doesn't just – durability brings about three sub-benefits. It becomes reusable, which is way better for the environment. Think Mm -hmm. like CHEP pallets instead of single-use pallets. Yes, yeah. It becomes higher quality design. Again, think Chep Pallets, right? It is yeah. like the Chep Pallet model, but for all consumer goods, right? That's Got a good it. way to yeah. sort of think yeah, about yeah. it if you're a logistics yeah, a analogy, guy. Yeah. And the third is that it can even have new features, right, uh, as well. Like, you know, uh, uh, these materials, like our Hagen dazs container is made from double wall stainless steel, which actually yeah, gives Alex added, was just uh, showing yeah. me that. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, Tell me right? About it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw that package today. Hagen dazs is packaged in coated paper, which is not even recyclable. Yeah. You know, in loop, it's packaged in double wall stainless steel. Yeah. And let's just say you didn't care about the environment at all. Mm-hmm. Would you? Which one would you prefer? I mean, that one's sexier. Definitely. Sexier, more beautiful. Yeah, and the thing he told me was that uh, the top melts before the bottom. That's right. Which is awesome for eating. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So even if you couldn't care about the environment, you'd prefer it. Mm. And if and and from an environmental point of view, it's a kick-ass. You know, but it's way better. Yeah. Right? So yeah. this is the exciting part about Loop, and it functions the same for a consumer. You know, the uh, the manufacturer makes their product uh, in these durable containers. So the only mm. difference is the containers change. That's it. Yeah. The retailers embed Loop into their ecosystem, so they buy the product and sell it like normal. Everything okay. is normal. Yeah. The consumer then buys it, uh, pays the same price for the ice cream, pays a deposit on that durable container, and here's the only de- key difference. Instead of them putting the container in a garbage bin, they put it into a loop bin. Okay. No cleaning, completely mixed together, so like garbage. Okay. Because that is perhaps the most convenient way to deal with the product, throw it in a bin. Yeah, yeah. And then instead of that bin ending up in a landfill or a recycling center, it ends up with loop, which sorts it and then cleans it and sends it back to the manufacturer for refill. 
Interesting. So loop is actually the in-between between the what consumer. What is a waste management and, function? Yeah, got right? it. So instead of it going to a landfill and the new packaging being made, that's the worst. That's linear. Yeah. Or it going to a recycling bin that goes to a MRF that goes to then a processing facility that then goes to a packaging company to blow mm. into a new bottle that then goes back to the manufacturer. That's a lot of steps, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It goes from the consumer to a loop distribution center, yeah. cleaned, and back to the manufacturer. One step. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, so what about like, uh, so how many times, or you, if you guys know yet, how many times do you think those packages well, go there, back Well, the minimum has to be 10 to yeah. enter loop. Okay. There's, there's rules, uh, yeah. but the aspiration is 100. Like that Hagen dazs container was designed to do 100. Oh, wow. So yeah. like 100 uses back Which and Which means forth, 20, yeah. 30 years from now could still be out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I'm, re- I'm really excited about Loop. Oh, right on, man. Yeah. Well, you should go to loopstore.com. Go home and sign yeah. Up. Yes. yeah, loopstore.com, sign yes. up, um, and we'll let you know when it's in your area. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be embedded into major retailers is the key. So what, why yeah. we're really excited about it is what's the risk in new business models is usually I have to convince you to like my product and I have to convince you to buy it in my mm. store. Yeah. I don't have to do either here. Yeah. I'm just really asking, would you like your favorite product, whether it's Tide Laundry Detergent or 7th Generation Hand Soap or, you know, Tropicana Orange Juice or yeah. Agendas Ice Cream, you name it. And many more. Yeah. Would you like that in disposable or durable? Got it. Mm. Pretty cool. It's not a bad choice, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, yeah, I'm really excited about the loop. Um, why don't you talk to us about your book a little bit? Because your book yeah. is kind of mm, like a little bit, I've been listening to it on yeah. audiobook. Yeah. I'm about halfway through. Okay. So, it's kind of like a precursor to loop, it sounds like. It's kind of like a history lesson of how do we get to loop. It is. It is, absolutely. So the future of packaging is, this is the fourth book I've written on the topic of garbage. Yeah. And this particular book focuses on, it's not my opinion, mm-hmm. each chapter is co-authored with an expert in the industry. So folks like yes. Paul Pullman, CEO of Unilever, all the way to uh, Christine Whitman, former head of the EPA and mm-hmm. governor of New Jersey, and many other notable figures who really know what they're talking about in these categories. I want to make a, like an opinion of a group of experts, then it's Tom's opinion, right? So it's a little bit more like, hey, this is, you know, take it seriously in that sense. And we structured the book in a couple of ways. The beginning explains why are we here? Mm -hmm. Because the only way to innovate, I think, is to take a step back and understand the problem. You know, a good example of this is, let's say you're going to innovate the idea of a toothbrush. Step innovation, like to, you know, to take a step forward would be, let's make a better toothbrush, change the bristle angle, change Mm -hmm. the material. That is like incremental innovation. Put another, you know, blade on the razor blade, right? Yeah. I like to really try to do step-back innovation, which is to say, take a step back and understand, what's the purpose of a toothbrush? Well, it's oral hygiene, right? And then the question becomes, you're not in the mode of a toothbrush. You're like, what's the best way to deliver oral hygiene? hygiene. And maybe it's not a toothbrush. Maybe it's something else, you know? And I think that's what we need. So the first thing we need to do is take a step back and understand why are we in this situation? Why is there a garbage problem? And that why is actually really enlightening. Once you understand the why, then it's really important. This this middle of the book talks about what can you do now, right? Like, you know, okay, here's why we are here. What can you do in the short term, like immediately? Like, what are the pivots? Like, a simple example is don't you use black plastic because it's not easy to sort in recycling centers. Change the color. That's like an easy... I just heard that chapter this morning. Yeah, yeah. right? So that's an easy win. Well, you can do right now because we need to do mm-hmm. immediate actions. It's not sustainability can't just be about what ten years from now will be like because yeah. we've got to get to ten years from now. Yeah. And the third question is then how do we design out of this completely, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 how do we do that from a lens of positive, not a lens of fear like the world's going to end, but how do we invent a better place? Okay. And that and it sort of then teases at the end examples like Loop, you know, because that's yeah. sort of what are new models that can come out. 
Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like I said, I'm about halfway through the book. Yeah. I'm at the black plastic. Oh, the black plastic, actually. right yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I actually didn't realize some of that stuff. So Isn't that crazy? I'm going through it, yeah. yeah. I'm going through it, and I'm listening in my car as I'm driving around, and, you know, I'm looking. I got a plastic water bottle, and I'm feeling bad. That yes, yes, plastic yes, water yes, bottle. yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the book is really good and really, really interesting. I love that it starts with the history of yeah. how we're at, like you were saying. So, I mean, I highly recommend it, definitely. Um, what do you think in terms of the future of... So, you know, for our industry, like distribution yeah. and logistics and stuff, I yeah. mean, we, we create a lot of waste, right? Yeah. We have tons of packaging mm-hmm. and cordon yeah. and stuff like that. So what are steps that people can take in the industry, do you think, to be more sustainable and be more responsible environmentally like that? Gosh, it's a really, really good question. So I think, you know, the first thing in, in, in any operational function is the obvious, which is the eco-efficiencies. Yeah. What I mean by the obvious eco-efficiencies is everything that's going to save you money. Stack your pallet better, jam more into the truck, you know, make everything FTL instead of LTL, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. But that's intuitive. Like, you yeah. should do that anyway, whether you care about the environment or not, right? That's like yeah, the base. Cost it's just effective. cost yeah. savings. Yeah. And I struggle when many times operations folks say sustainability is easy because it's, it's just efficiency. Well, yeah, because you just pick the easy shit, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that yeah. is, lightweighting a package, of course, is going to be, you know, more efficient. Yeah. Stacking a pallet better, but you should have done that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, shame on you for being inefficient. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, that, do all that, but that's just the very beginning. Please don't limit your point of view mm-hmm. to just that, because you should have already done that already. If you, ha- if you have areas you could improve, yeah. then why didn't you yesterday? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, let's go into the unobvious, right? I think... A lot of, uh, 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 again, I take a lot of inspiration from CHEP uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that they were able to create a reusable pallet system where most pallets are disposable, yes, right? Yeah. And look at the difference. The CHEP pallet is an objectively better pallet. It is. The quality is it's way huge. more better. It's huge. Way yeah. better. Yeah. It's a great business model for CHEP. Mm-hmm. Everyone wins along the way. You don't get these shitty pallets that, like, you know, have nails in them and break yeah, and, and all the... Yeah, and, the and all the negative... Hazards, th- exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. a major safety problem, right? Mm-hmm. Not to mention disposable problem yeah. and all this. You go to composting sites, many of them have pallet shredders because there's so many pallet, you know, pallets that get wasted. It's oh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, so it's about how do you create more models like CHEP that can go into... Could it go into, like, shipping boxes, Mm-hmm. You know, could it go into, especially in the relationship where it's a lot of back and forth relationship, right? Yeah. Like a lot of distribution is I ship from here to there and I'm always shipping from here to there. Yeah, over and over. Yeah. yeah. And like, is there a way to start creating these sort of more CHEP type systems for especially like packing materials, yeah. you know, uh, uh, things that the consumer may never see or touch, yeah. you know, like products will come in case packs. The consumer will never see that case pack. Yeah. yeah so why can't those cake, case packs go back and forth? Yeah. And really, at the beginning, it may seem unintuitive, mm-hmm. but take a step back and then really dive in and say, what if? Because yeah. maybe as a DC operator or a warehouse or whatever, you may discover some really interesting things, right? That's the important part. Because I think mostly where people will focus are going to be these efficiencies and let's do those. But I think yeah. let's take a step beyond that mm-hmm. and think about, you know, Imagine CHEP type like reusable pallet banding, reusable pallet shrouds instead of stretch wrap, you know, yeah. reusable shipping cases. I think there's so much interesting stuff that could be done in the world of reusable. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I've always kind of thought about. Like, if you were to look at like Amazon, like how many times do you order from Amazon? So, like, yeah. is there a way that they can create some type of package that you could just send back and then right. you're just sending your items back and forth, basically? Exactly. Well, yeah. here's the fun part in like Loop, in the, in the uh, distributors, these are retailers mm-hmm. that have their own fleet for yeah. e commerce, like, Carrefour, Tesco, uh, 
uh, those are two of the biggest European retailers, and they have their own mm-hmm. fleet for their e-com. When they deliver to you the Loop product, their trucks, which are leaving empty anyway, are going to be picking up the dirties. Yeah, so then you're optimizing even more. There you even go. More efficient. Yeah, no, no cost. You get an extra nice step for the consumer that is even more convenient. Interesting. Yeah. So what would you say, you know, for like a distribution manager that's listening right now, um, maybe they're lacking some type of recyclability program in their building. What sure. would be the first step so, to look, get into that? I think the first thing to do in, in, uh, in recyclability, so not reuse, which is mm-hmm. Loop, but more TerraCycle, which is recyclability, yeah. is to vote for those objects that are locally recyclable, okay. right? Like, procure the objects that you can just locally recycle. Got it. Then for what you can't, you know, mm-hmm. you can, uh, we do a whole big, half of our business is B2B. We do a lot with distribution centers yeah. where, you know, contact us, terracycle.com, and you can tell us what your waste stream is, and then we'll tell you what it would cost to collect and recycle it. And we can do, okay. I think, there's nothing in a DC we can't do. And we actually do a lot of uh, distribution centers where we take pallet banding, stretch wrap, personal protective equipment, uh, plastic gloves. Yeah, quite a bit. It's just not really talked about mm-hmm. because it's, you know, B2B. And B2B is yeah. not as loud in the media as B2C. Yeah, yeah. Because B2C is taking over and B2C, B2C is, is sort of what crazy. everyone talks about, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's because every consumer can relate to B2C and only professionals can relate to the B2B. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Very interesting. Uh, is there anything else we should know about uh, TerraCycle and Loop? Um, you know, I think the most important takeaway, whether you're in B2B mm-hmm. uh, or you're a consumer, and if you're in B2B, you are both. You are a consumer on one end and you are a B2B professional on the other, yeah. is... The most important thing to think about is by procuring product, if you're a B2B, or by buying goods, if you're a B2C, you are voting for the future you want. Got it. Because we are actively voting for more of those goods to exist. Yeah. So don't do it blindly. That would be, uh, Doing it without thinking mm-hmm. would be equivalent to going and voting for the next president and not looking at who you voted for. Yeah, like not even doing any research. Yeah, no, so. just not even looking at the name. Yeah, just yeah, checking a box. Procuring that item, you're kind of you're making that choice. Of yeah, and you're telling you're telling the manufacturer, yeah. I want more of that, and yeah. I want less of the other. Yeah. So, you know, not buying is an active vote as well. Yeah, because you're, just like sort you're of not demand. voting is yeah. an active vote. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting takeaway. Yeah. Okay. So if people want to find out more about uh, TerraCycle and yeah, absolutely. Uh, Loop, so how the could they do that? The best way to go is TerraCycle.com okay. if you want to look at TerraCycle, uh, and then LoopStore.com if you want to check out Loop. Okay. Great. Tom, thanks so much for uh, talking to us on the New Warehouse Podcast. And uh, if you guys haven't gotten the book yet, definitely go out there and get it. It is The Future of Packaging from Linear to Circular. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the New Warehouse Podcast with Kevin Lawton. Subscribe and check us out online at thenewwarehouse.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want more content from the New Warehouse, check out our new video series called All Hands on LinkedIn. Just search for the New Warehouse on LinkedIn and follow along.